from the streets to the skyscrapers, you are locked on to New Amsterdam and New Amsterdam Radio. Hello, everyone. My name is Lobo Boys, as always. I am the captain of the ship, and we're talking about the world around us and how we can contextualize that, morph that, apply it to our own creative endeavors. This is why I thank you. Every time we do this, I have to thank you guys because I'm just seeing the growth of the show and how it's changing and how it's morphing and how more people are getting involved with the podcast. And I want to thank you right down deep in the bottom of the cockles of my heart uh, for doing it, sharing the show, subscribing, all that stuff. And you can too, newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W, Amsterdam.com. It's the archive. All the episodes are there. But if you are, say, an iTunes person or a Spotify person or a Spreaker person or a YouTube person, the podcast is available there, too. Uh, also, this summer has been interesting how I was able to sit down with some of my my friends, my colleagues, people I admire, and just to pick their brains about how they approach their craft and how they're building it. Don't worry, we have a lot more guests coming down the pipe, but I just want to slow it down a bit, you know. I, from my days of a DJ, sometimes you can't play dance music all the time. So we're, we're taking a little step back, talking about a solo show, just, just me here rapping with you live in my studio slash apartment slash studio. If you guys haven't already, make sure you follow me on social media at FloboBoys on Twitter and Instagram, at FloBito on Instagram as well. FloBito.com is the website and the Patreon, patreon.com slash FloboBoys. That's where all the interviews I have, uh, the complete, unedited, unabridged versions of those interviews are available there over at the Patreon. Uh, Today we're talking about the F1 documentary series from Netflix, uh, Drive to Survive, and what I learned from that and what we can do, how we can use that for our own creative endeavors. I got to be honest with you. I am not the biggest fan of motorsport. I, I mean, I, I see the the merit of it all in general, but it didn't really hit me like the classic team sports like baseball or soccer or football or um, anything like volleyball, maybe, or even individual sports like fencing or darts or tennis. There's something odd to me about motorsport in general. I like racing games. I like going fast. But at least here in the United States, it felt like a lot of the racing series were, dare I say, impregnable. Uh, NASCAR tends, even though it is a national sport and there are international drivers, it does seem to be uh, deep-soaked in a regional flavor that, as someone from New York City can tell you, it doesn't really quite gel with the brand, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Formula One was kind of in that boat for a whole different reason. In fact, I had a, a friend of mine when we were in college who'd be really, really into it. I would watch him watch the shows. And by then, you'd get up at like God knows how early in the morning, uh, 2, 3, 5 a.m. sometimes because these races are all over the world. And watching him watch F1, Formula One, kind of said or felt like listening to a couple of airline pilots talk about their descent into an airport. It was very dry, very sterile. And I realized this wasn't for me. Uh, fast forward what a decade and a half, almost two decades. And that same friend told me to check out this documentary series on Netflix. It's called uh, Formula One Drive to Survive. Uh, it's in the second season. So it's been out for a while. But there's a reason why I want to bring it up today. Uh, because I binged it last week. 
uh, over the course of, I would say, three days. And here is something that I thought was inaccessible to me. Uh, again, demographics, not trying to say anything here or there, but I currently am in my mid-30s. I'm from a metropolitan city. I live in one currently. I'm, I'm what they call African-American, even though I don't quite agree with that term. And I am a single male, never married. Um, and I just thought that, oh my gosh, this documentary series kind of spoke to me the way the actual presentation of the sport did not, you know, watching uh, the rise of the teams, like which teams were popular now, uh, which teams used to be popular and but are falling down the ranks, how drivers are um, competing against each other, but they also have a teammate. But that's like your main rival because you guys are on the same team and have the same car, so you can't blame a bad race if your teammate's killing it, you know. Uh, how there is money involved, how some teams have limited budgets and some have more budgets. And they really took a, uh, a concept because if you, if you think about it, with 10 teams on uh, the main circuit and two drivers per team, 20 uh, drivers, uh, you pretty much become familiar with the same 20 guys every week. Uh, I do mean guys. I don't think there's any women on the major circuit. But the documentary series takes the time to really draw out storylines between uh, introducing different kind of drivers to a viewing public. I had my own misconceptions of what a Formula driver looks like. Uh, there is that there. I'm not going to... Uh, take spoiler alert, but there are different types of people that drive these cars from different nations and and what they were, younger kids, older guys. Uh, I was just kind of floored about how the show took a concerted effort to make this more accessible. And the accessibility really is important. I felt like the sport is there. It has a set of prestige to it. You really can't make it more prestigious. A sport can run the risk of being less prestigious. So if you are an investor, in this case, Liberty Media, uh, Sirius XM's radio's parent, they own this sporting organization. The only thing you really do is grow the game. And it's not quite like soccer where a bunch of kids can get a ball and play between two trash cans and get a decent experience simulation of what that sport is. I mean, this is one that requires money, uh, requires resources, requires a, a dedication, a commitment to even become a racing individual way back when you were a kid. A lot of these individuals who drive Formula One now have been racing for 10, 15, 20 years. If you add all the different kinds of go-karts and open-wheel car racing things they do. Uh, to, to see that, uh, the growth of that sport, trying to find different pockets, new fans uh, that wouldn't have necessarily been interested in getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch these high-powered cars break and turn left and fight it out on asphalt. Uh, but after that, after the dramatization, of this Netflix series, I said, oh my goodness, I want you to race. That's me personally. I know it's very anecdotal. Sometimes you have to say, if you're willing to sit through a documentary series that consists of 10 half-hour episodes over two seasons, that you're kind of already are committed. But I realized me as an individual, someone who's outside of the, of the fan base, wanted to be inside the fan base. And I thought to myself, what can we learn as creators? What can we learn as people with ideation, people with uh, perspective, with backgrounds, who work on stuff, who work on craft? What can we learn from this approach? Welcome back. Now, a typical listener to the Amsterdam radio tends to be the beginning of the creative journey. Maybe they may have an idea for that great American novel or that painting. Uh, they wanted some bit of oomph, some bit of encouragement to do so. 
Or uh, more typically, and they may have some idea already created, but the idea is how do you push to the next level, how to build your brand. And there are some brand building episodes in the archives. But Formula One, and what I want to bring this up in this episode, has a unique problem of having a brand that's already established, trying to reinvigorate the brand and to show it to a brand new demographic without diluting that same brand. And that may be uh, a problem that a lot more of our intermediate listeners may deal with. Let's say you have a web store selling your shares and people are asking you what's next. How do you expand your line by keeping true to the core values of what it stands for? How do you get new people that weren't even interested in your brand interested in your new product? How do you maintain all that? How do you scale without the perception of quality dipping? Of course, besides the whole law of diminishing returns and that comes into audience or customer perception. You see, what I thought was interesting about Formula One as an organization is that there are some slight rule changes, uh, especially this season before the pandemic, but ultimately it's the presentation of the events themselves. Uh, A fictionalized or dramatized documentary will get casual fans more involved because now these aren't just nameless and faceless drivers. These are personalities to root for. Uh, Once you have someone to root for, it makes watching a little bit easier. I don't know who that person is, but I'm with it. And if you're a creator that draws or writes, having a likable character is very analogous to that. If you have a likable character, people can latch on and be willing to open up your world when you write to a spinoff. Or if you are a fashion designer and people like a certain line, oh, I love this this, this color palette you use. About extract that same color palette into a brand new expression or season work. Once you get people on on-ramp, no pun intended because this is about automotive stuff. But once you get people an on-ramp to what your brand is, it can only pay off dividends to you. It, when people understand that you may have a high concept, you may be on a performance, one man, a one woman, one person show that people won't get, but you can express to them, hey, look, if you've seen this movie or if you watch this uh, documentary, you may understand this more. Or if I can clip out this soundtrack to show you the look and feel of my new stage play, uh, that might make things a little bit easier to wrap people's heads around what you're trying to convey. A lot of times, Times, I think a lot of our creatives have been there. You're so far ahead in the creative process. Things that you think are just, you know, easy, night and day, small steps, maybe giant quantum leaps for people. Another anecdotal example. A couple of years ago, you can still buy this if you want to on Amazon. I created a superhero comic book. Uh, for those of you who are in the comic book industry, you'll know that superhero books are traditionally the worst selling kind of books out there. When it comes down to the audience, no matter how small it is, people like their guys and gals, they stick with them, and new heroes hardly break through. For every Deadpool or Harley Quinn that came out in the last 30 years, people just know things from back in the 60s or 70s or 30s in Superman's case. So I wrote this comic book, and I remember being at this table at this Comic-Con, I bought the table, rented the table space, and I was going to sign autographs, and people would pick up the book, thumb through it, and put it down. That's what people do. And uh, I got every other reference under the sun. See, my original character, Silver Streak, was hard to wrap their heads around, but they kept saying, oh, it's Iron Man. Put it down. Oh, it's Spider-Man. And they put it down. Uh, for the record, I think none of those. I think it draws more inspiration to Mr. Terrific, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so if you have... An audience that's always going to try to compare what you create to something else, give them something to compare it to. 
in Drive to Survive, if I'm trying to explain all the different car cars and teams and relationships to teams, there really wasn't anything to compare that to. Formula One is unique in that way. And so what they did was they created a platform, that documentary series, to say, this is how our culture is. This is the on-ramp. We built it to you. If you truly believe what you're presenting is 100 1,000% unique, I know cynical people say, ah, bah, humbug, everything is a remix. But if you really believe that's unique, there's going to be a difficulty selling your product, pitching your product, showing your product or service to somebody else. So make your own platform. Make your own documentary series in that case. Make your own uh, inspirational video of how you came up with the concept, your, how you went from what you created before into what you're doing now. You know, do make yourself the favor of taking that break and saying, I'm not going to create any more of my ideas. I'm going to work on creating supplemental content to reinforce why I'm creating that idea. And like I have been obsessively looking at Formula One teams and uh, racing comms and uh, text overlaid videos, including what the drivers are talking about in this race, I'm sure that could be the building block to your community around your product. So now it kind of heads back to you. People are not just buying a t-shirt. They're buying into what you are providing. They're buying into your brand. People are not just listening to your podcast. They want to see you win. They want to see you achieve. Uh, and that's something that's really cool. And I, it just clicked with me about how I'm really to, to buy merchandise for a team I knew nothing about to weeks ago, only because I saw them struggle on a track in a country I've never been to, and I didn't even know I had an F1 track. So <laughs> it all comes back full circle. That's going to do it for this edition of New Amsterdam Radio. Do yourself a favor and check out all the other episodes of this show wherever you stream. We're talking iTunes. We're talking Spotify. I'm a Spotify guy. That's why I push it. I know a lot of my friends and family are like, oh, I don't do Spotify. I got my own thing. Hey, it's fine. New Amsterdam Radio is all over there. Uh, NewAmsterdam.com. It has links also to check out all the other episodes. And make sure you follow the show on, on Twitter at New underscore Amsterdam or the at New Amsterdam on Instagram. And once again, I'm Flobo Boys. You can follow me on Twitter, at Flobo Boys. Instagram, at Flobo Boys, or at Flobito and Flobito.com. The Patreon has all the unabridged interviews from past episodes, the archives, if you will. And that's at patreon.com slash Boys. I'll be back next week with more fun, more critical thinking, more thought experiments, and more ways we can recontextualize what's going on in the world around us to apply it to our creative projects. Woohoo! This is New Amsterdam Radio. And of course, as always, the city is yours. <laughs>